Marriage. What is it about this most grandest of life journeys that brings us to such great heights of joy and even greater depths of pain? Marriage is a teacher that shows our strengths and our weaknesses, holding up a mirror of our true selves. <laughs> Okay, I can't. I can't anymore. How did you like my impression of the Princess Bride priest guy? Pretty good. I worked on it for about five minutes. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. In case you haven't picked up on it already, the theme for this week's episode is going to be relationships. I mean, I start with marriage, but relationships in general. We're going to be discussing the fascinating work of, uh, in my opinion, one of the more interesting psychologists out there working today, Dr. John Gottman. He has spent his years breaking down what makes for successful and long-lasting, happy, healthy relationships. I'm going to give a summary of his theories and maybe give some basic ideas of how you might go about applying some of these techniques uh, into your own life, into your own relationship. But in general, I've found this type of um, uh, psychology and this sort of approach that he takes to be very, very pragmatic, very practical, very interesting. Um, and it just really seems to help avoid a lot of the pitfalls that you might see kind of in traditional couples counseling, where sometimes people get a little too focused on bringing up their hurts and their problems that they've both, you know, kind of faced and shared together. Um, and at least in my experience, when I did marriage counseling, I'll talk about that as well. Sometimes that can go um, into unpleasant directions and, and not necessarily end in the greatest place. So a lot of respect for this work and this gentleman. And uh, I'm going to break it down. Let's talk about relationships. The Gottman Method. Yeah, I'm resilient. Won't get caught up in my woes. I just do it for those ten tiny fingers and toes. So, how are you enjoying your current relationship? Are you happy? Are you having problems? Um... Do you have worries that it might not work out? Are you confident that it's going to last for the rest of your life? Um, what if I told you that if you sat down in a room across from your significant other and you spoke to a psychologist, Mr. John Gottman, for approximately five minutes, you wouldn't actually speak to him. Rather, he would give you uh, a topic of conversation, typically sort of a mundane uh, difficulty that a couple might encounter, not necessarily a fight or a deep seated issue in the relationship, but even just something, you know, simple, random crap that couples have to deal with every once in a while. And, you know, he would ask you to sort of sit down and, and begin this conversation together. And he would sit and watch. And in approximately, I think it's something like five to 10 minutes of, of sitting and watching a couple interact, he can predict with some kind of insane amount of accuracy, um, the likelihood that the couple is going to stay together or become divorced. I think it's something like 90, 95%. It's crazy. And basically, this was born out of just years of research. You know, th this guy has been involved in scientific research on relationships and healthy relationships and positive outcomes, longitudinal research on healthy marriages and relationships. Um, he's been studying relationships for a long, long time and in a very meticulous, very intensive way. He's really spent a lot of time breaking things down looking for common factors, and building what I think is a really interesting sort of coherent model of what makes for a successful marriage, a successful relationship. 
Now, there's a lot to unpack here, so I don't think I'm going to be able to do the entirety of the theory justice. Um, but we are going to kind of touch on some of the highlights, and maybe if you're really interested, you know, this will serve as a jumping off point for you to kind of dig in a little bit more. He's got lots of books. He's got lots of programs. He trains therapists, so there's plenty of people out there who are actually experienced in using his methods and helping couples. But uh, hey, I mean, you're here to listen to me talk about this idea, not somebody else. So let's get into it, shall we? Uh, one of the more important pieces of the Gottman method that I think is really key to kind of touch on if you're just looking for how can I kind of start to integrate this and use some of the skills, gain some of the benefits of this research. Um, it's really fascinating. It's this idea of the five to one ratio. So Gottman, uh, in some of his work, he actually describes it almost like uh, seasoning or salt shakers. If you imagine like you have positive interactions in one piece of seasoning and you have negative interactions in another piece of seasoning and you sort of go through your life as a couple interacting with each other and inadvertently sprinkling these positive and negative seasonings on your interactions. And depending on how much of the seasoning you put into the mix, you're going to end up with very different flavor profiles and tastes, and you're going to wind up with either a meal that's delicious and enjoyable to eat for a long period of time, or something that you can barely stomach that tastes downright awful. The magic ratio of these seasonings of positive interactions to negative interactions is five to one. Five to one. And this this goes across multiple different areas. So I'm not just talking about positive dates. I'm not just talking about sort of big picture stuff. I'm talking about even just little moment to moment interactions, right? Like say a couple is having a fight. Um, couples who stick together and who have strong, healthy marriages, strong, healthy relationships, even if they are arguing or disagreeing with something, there will still be an underlying core of positive interaction. They'll, they'll take moments to laugh. They'll take moments to soothe each other. They'll take moments to kind of try to take perspectives of the other person, um, just be present with the other person. So, you know, it, it really isn't necessarily about just always feeling good or always doing things that are overtly positive. But in general, it's just about, you know, is the is the action you're taking, the thing you're doing, the thing you're saying, is it more positive than negative? And are you having generally more positive interactions than negative interactions? Um, and that alone can be very highly predictive of success in a relationship. This five to one ratio uh, very strongly predicts successful, long lasting relationships. On top of the five to one ratio, another really key sort of really subtle but profound factor that influences a couple's interaction over the long term is the idea of turning away versus turning towards or sometimes what they call bids for attention. And this is something that all people do that have relationships with each other. It's, it's not necessarily exclusive to couples. But in the case of couples, uh, the interaction sort of flows as follows. Partner one will see something, think something, have an idea, have a thought. Something will happen to them that they want to share. They want to have their partner participate in it with them. And it could be something as dumb as like, oh, hey, look at that bird over there. That's kind of weird. Simple, right? But the other partner has to engage with that. So when somebody makes a bid for your attention, when a partner makes a bid for your attention, for your engagement, a successful, long-lasting couple, the opposite partner will respond to that bid. They will say, oh yeah, I do see that bird. That's kind of cool. And I mean, that can be it. It doesn't have to lead to a deep 
in-depth conversation. It's really just about responsiveness. People need to know that the loved ones that they have in their life are going to respond to them and be there for them and want to interact with them. And so it spirals. Small loss of small bids for attention. So say now we're, we're getting into couples who aren't doing very well, right? So you say the same thing. The person says, oh, hey, look at that cool bird over there. And the other person just kind of looks at their phone or says nothing or says, oh, and doesn't really doesn't really engage whatsoever with the interaction, right? That is ostensibly harmful. That can really, it leads people to almost kind of crumple, feel ever so slightly rejected. And even if it's something small and mundane, just putting those feelers out there, putting that desire to have a connection with your loved one and then having them not reciprocate and almost sort of subtly reject it is subtly hurtful. And in stronger instances, it can be very, very hurtful, right? So as these things sort of escalate, um, you'll see them get more and more intense. So other bids for attention could be, you know, a partner wants to talk about a problem that they have and the other one avoids it. Or um, a partner wants to do something fun, enjoyable, talk about their day, and the other partner just says, I don't want to talk about this right now. I don't want to deal with it with you. Or, you know, the worst case is, is when people stonewall and people just physically shut down and, and just refuse to engage with each other anymore. The interesting thing about bids for attention is that they can be disguised in negative interactions and they can precipitate fights. So when a couple reaches a point where they're starting to have a lot of conflict, according to Gottman, there's still often a, a desire to have some level of interaction. At least one person will often still be trying to pursue and develop an interaction. But because there's been a massive buildup of negative sentiment, angry feelings, fights, etc., the bid for attention often comes out as an attack or can get perceived as an attack. You don't love me anymore. You don't try hard enough. We don't do anything fun. And if the person who's hearing that interprets it negatively, which I mean, is very easy to do, they will, you know, withdraw further. They'll push the other person even further away. They'll they'll take it as a personal attack, and it can cause sort of a spiral into even more fighting and even more problems. So one of the things that Gottman really encourages couples to do is to try to pay attention for these bids for attention. And even if they're silly, even if it's something you really genuinely don't care about, and you're like, oh my god, I don't want to listen to my partner talk about this, just really making that effort, even if it's not a huge effort, but just making that effort to turn towards them, engage them, say, oh yeah, you know, tell me a little bit more about that. That goes a long, long way. And that it has a similar ratio. I believe the five to one ratio also applies to turning towards and turning away where you can, you can occasionally ignore your partner, but you want to be responding to their bids for your attention a lot more than you're not. And if you have a partner who is throwing these negative bids your way, you don't, you don't love me, you don't talk to me anymore, you don't, you know, do whatever it is, try to, you know, obviously it might hurt and and you want to acknowledge that in yourself and, and don't necessarily push it away, but try to also see the underlying goal of that bid, right? The person is bringing up this problem because their love is there. They still at some core piece want a relationship to work, want that interaction, want that connection. And so if you can see the underlying motivation there. It may help you to sort of override some of the negativity that you're feeling and be more inclined to reconnect. This brings me to another key piece of kind of Gottman's overall theory and something that is right after my own heart, which is 
physiological arousal, stress. So couples who respond to each other with high levels of reactive stress, like you literally hook them up to machinery that can measure their, their body's level of stress at any given time. Couples who respond to each other with kind of sudden and elevated levels of stress when they are in difficult situations. That's another sort of hallmark or predictor of, of potential problems down the line, especially in men. Interestingly enough, the, there's a very common pattern in men they call stonewalling, which is literally like the, the, wife i'm i'm using sort of standard labels here for people who are married but the wife will you know go up and and want to talk to the husband and bring up a problem and he will become stressed they can literally watch his heart rate elevate over 100 beats per minute in the lab and the response to that is he will shut down emotionally and really struggle to engage and i mean i, I think that happens for women as well but sometimes the behavioral patterns are a little bit different the, the stonewalling and the shutting down is not unique to men, but more common in men. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I'm sure some of the listeners of this podcast who are male might be able to uh, relate to that as well. And so another key piece of the Gottman method is, I mean, something that I've been harping on for episode after episode, which is physiological self-regulation. If you can learn to soothe yourself, calm yourself, reduce your overall level of stress, especially in the face of emotional triggers from your partner that is going to go a long way to developing a more healthy relationship because when we're stressed stress is like gasoline it fuels the fires of emotion and so if you become stressed and you're dealing with an upsetting situation with your spouse you're going to be much more likely to respond irrationally you're going to switch on areas of the brain that are associated with reactive you know, unpleasant emotions and unpleasant behaviors, and you're gonna have a much harder time choosing more constructive ways of being and approaching things. So couples working together to practice both soothing themselves, learning how to regulate their own stress and their own autonomic nervous system, but also practicing soothing each other, right? And this brings me to the next point and the next goal of uh, sort of Gottman's phases of counseling, which is to try to get couples into a space where their conflicts don't escalate severely. If you compare couples who are successful over the long term versus couples who ultimately end up breaking up with each other and no longer being together, their arguments follow sort of a notable pattern. And it's not necessarily that they don't argue, and it's not even that they don't have bad arguments, right? Even healthy couples can have very extreme, very negative fights, very negative sentiments towards each other. But the pattern that really predicts bad outcomes where people end up divorcing, breaking up, no longer being together, is there's a substantial escalation in the fighting. So the argument begins, and then it gets stronger, and it gets way stronger, and it gets even stronger after that. And the couple continues to sort of elevate the level of intense feeling that they're bringing into it, and the fight builds on itself. Whereas it's perfectly possible to start in a very negative, very escalated space. But what you'll see very quickly with couples who are, you know, uh, highly in tune with each other and, and last for long periods of time is they will find a way to lower the intensity, whatever they can, right? One partner will make an effort to lower their voice and not speak as aggressively or angrily. One partner might make an effort to just reach out and touch the other one, or say something nice, or try to frame statements in a way that aren't blaming or negative, and rather just your own personal feelings. I feel this way. It's, I think there are probably specific techniques that Gottman goes into and in how, to, how to really benefit from the structure of de-escalating fights, but really just start to think about like what, what can you do to not take it to that next level? 
because that's really where things start to go downhill is when people start shutting down, becoming aggressive. Gottman talks about something he calls the the four horsemen of the apocalypse of relationships, four things that you see in couples who are significantly likely to not be together over the long term, and they are criticizing, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. Criticism, you know, you're verbally attacking someone's personality or character. With contempt, you're attacking the sense of self with an intent to insult somebody or hurt their feelings. Defensiveness, you're victimizing yourself to ward off a perceived attack or problem that's coming your way. Reverse the blame. In stonewalling, you're withdrawing to avoid conflict and convey your disapproval, distance, and separation from the situation. These four things are very predictive of significant fighting and eventual disruption, disillusion of relationships. So the alternative would be things like having a gentle startup instead of criticizing, talking about your feelings using an I statement, like I said before, express what your need is in the situation. For contempt, you really want to build a culture of appreciation. Remind yourself of your partner's positive qualities and try to find gratitude in their positive actions and the positive intention around their actions. Gottman sometimes refers to this as a negative sentiment override, which literally means if you want to be in a successful relationship, you do have to have a certain level of willingness to put aside your own hurts and your own anger for a moment and reconnect with the fact that you love and care for this person and you want to have a positive relationship and be willing to let go a little bit of your anger or whatever it is that you're holding on to and try to reconnect as much as possible. Uh, to counteract defensiveness, you can try to take responsibility, really try to connect with what your partner is telling you about what it is that they're upset about and see if like, really, do you have a role in, in what's happened? And can you kind of take some responsibility for that or, or even maybe apologize if you have to. And then finally for stonewalling, I talked about this as well, physiological soothing. So you really need to do something to calm yourself down. And that's a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Your spouse or your partner doesn't necessarily have to be the one providing soothing to you, but they can. But one way or another, if you find yourself in a position where someone is stonewalling another, or you're both in a lot of significant conflict, taking time to just relax and calm down goes a long way. Just even trying to take a moment to laugh, maybe see the humor if you can in the fight that you're having, stuff like that can can really go a long way. And then finally, my personal favorite aspect of the Gottman method that makes me really just appreciate it and, and I think respect it more than other types of couples therapy, like lots of couples therapy approaches are evidence-based and they do work. There's no doubt about that. It really can help your relationship to go through these things. And, and ours did benefit. We didn't do Gottman, but we saw a different type of therapist. Um, but in my experience, this is my personal experience with counseling, with marriage counseling. At the start, we did get some benefit from it. We learned to kind of understand each other's patterns of thinking, and we learned somewhat more healthy ways of, of communicating and relating to each other. But I found after a while it fell into this pattern of just bringing up conflicts. One partner would bring in, you know, the issue that of the day, whatever it was that we were struggling with at the moment with the therapist, and we would sort of go back and forth and share our feelings and, and kind of dig into some of these hurts and these problems and, and really try to, like, feel the emotions. And, I mean, after a while, I felt like it just made us fight more. Initially, it helped, but eventually it just turned into this pattern of, like, well, you said this, you did this, you know, and, and it, it, 
to me, like it, it just seemed to almost kind of highlight and perpetuate the conflict, like kind of putting a magnifying glass on them and, and making them bigger as opposed to actually helping us to resolve the conflict. And to me, that is one of the reasons why I really love and appreciate this idea of the Gottman method, because although he does focus on skills that couples can use to you know, um, fight more effectively, handle conflict more effectively. At his core, he takes a more meta approach. He doesn't look at individual fights, individual difficulties. He looks at the overall broader structures of what makes for a strong, healthy relationship around the fights. And so the final core piece, and actually I think where Gottman therapy really starts, is with building a good relationship, a happy relationship. I mean, most relationships start from a good place. There's a sense of friendship. There's a sense of enjoyment of being with someone. There's a sense of reveling in this beautiful person who connects to you and, and shares a part of yourself. There's, you know, going on dates, having new experiences, playing together, having fun together, having sex, you know, sharing romance, sharing passion. These are the things that really bring people into and want to stay in relationships. And these are the things that often sort of die out as the negative sentiments and the fighting and the complacency begins to take over. And so one of the the things I really like about common is they just, they emphasize like, you know, build good stuff. Like I said, the five to one ratio really, really start to just try to build more positive interactions into your relationship. And if you can slowly build these um, enjoyable moments, these fun moments, these, these joyful moments, these new experiences together, that can really go a long way. You want to kind of almost unite as a couple and find a shared meaning system. Find what it is that the two of you want. What is it that the two of you are working towards? What are the kind of underlying meanings and values that are coming up over and over again in your conflicts? Because according to Gottman, people fight about the same things over and over again. If you take a couple who's been together for 10 years and at year one, you ask them what their fights are and how they fight, you bring them back 10 years later and you ask them again, he said it, sometimes in his lab, it was almost like nothing had changed. They would fight about the same things in the exact same way. And so a lot of times it's not necessarily about the content of your argument or the specific issues of what happened, who did what, who felt what way. And there's often a deeper core of of meaning, of what is it that you actually want out of these conflicts? What is it that you're trying to get from life, that you're trying to get from other people, that you're trying to get for yourself, that it's not being met. What is the need that is there that you're not receiving from your partner or from your life? And if you can kind of elucidate that and, and try to compromise and work with your partner so that you both are getting more out of life of what you want, that is a beautiful thing. And that really helps to connect people and bring them together. This concept is referred to by Gottman as the sound relationship house, and it's built on a few core ideas. One is what they call building love maps. So really it's just trying to understand your partner's inner world. Ask lots of questions about them. Try to get to know what they want, what they love, what their desires are, what their hopes are, what their dreams are. Number two, you want to build a fondness and admiration system. You want to express affection for the other person as frequently as you can, even in small everyday moments. It's not about big grand gestures. It's just in the small, tiny interactions that you share every day. Turn towards instead of away. This one I talked about already, but it's an important one. Respond to your partner's bids for attention. Try to allow yourself 
positive sentiment override, as I said before. Allow yourself to try to let go of the hurt with the deeper meaning and the deeper idea of wanting to sustain and build a strong relationship. If you find yourself in conflict, try to present things gently. Try to soothe yourself. Try to compromise. Try to establish a dialogue that understands the existential issues underneath the conflict. Honor your own life dreams. Honor your partner's life dreams. And try to build a shared meaning system together. That is the core concepts of the Gottman Method. There are much more specific ways and techniques that he goes into as to how to make use of these. Um, but if you really want to get into the nitty gritty of that, like I said before, I would suggest maybe buying one of his books or uh, looking for a therapist who's trained in his methods. It's a, it's a fairly popular form of therapy. There are probably a lot of couples counselors out there who are familiar and or have done actual specific training on how to properly apply this method. But I think just keeping these core ideas in mind, you'll be able to at least integrate them to some extent into your relationship and really maybe start to build some of this this positivity back up i think key above all else is and i and i love this idea of you want to build the good first and then worry about the fights later so there you have it ladies and gentlemen i guess mostly gentlemen this is a podcast for dads the gottman method i hope you enjoyed it and uh i hope maybe it allows you to just bring yourself a little bit closer to your partner take care of yourself dad